Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons. The fantasy playoffs, dynasty titles are at stake starting this week. You may have been in win and get in scenarios in week 14, week 13. Heck, maybe for the last month you've been touch and go with your teams. But if you're in, you have a chip, a chair, and a chance for your title in 2023. I wanted to go over to start the show. My biggest under the radar, and frankly, if you've been listening to Running Back Roundup on a weekly basis on UTH Premium, this is not new news, but here on the weekly show, I wanted to share some of those players that you want to vice grip uh, if you have them, and don't lose hope that right now, maybe you lost a player. Maybe you lost Josh Jacobs this week, or you really had hopes for Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, you had Taylor, Jonathan Taylor in your lineup previous weeks. Uh, maybe right now you're you're crossing your fingers. You have Brian Robinson for your lineups or Alexander Madison this week. All those players are a threat or even already very unlikely to play this week. But running back is about attrition. It is about next man up. And it is the position where the most times the next player can produce in the same neighborhood, same area code of the the starter because of opportunity. Call it the Alexander Madison effect. And there are situations where the backup is going to see a higher market share of routes, higher market share of rushing attempts than the previous starter, because now the new running back two is weaker than the the running back two that is now the starter. You with me? You follow me? Who's with me? All right. So uh, I want to go over some of the underrated players that can win your dynasty leagues. Now, obviously, we are running out of time because week 15, if you're playing, you don't have a buy. And that means this is win or go home. And that means you might be going home. You might be one game and out. But as long as there is a week in front of us, we've got a chance to benefit from an injury. So I put together my list of the most interesting players going into the fantasy playoffs here. I'm going to start out with Rico Dowdle because this had a variety of directions it could go. Tony Bollard, a few weeks ago, disappointing. He was a, re- uh, he was a regression candidate, touchdown-wise. Things are starting to come his way. Dallas is playing really well on offense, and Tony Pollard has been healthy to benefit from that touchdown regression, bigger opportunities. He's had opportunities, but bigger production for him in previous weeks. But in week 14, Rico Dowdle went out in game for a little bit. Uh, he ended up coming back, but there could be a, could have been a scenario this week where we were talking about Deuce Vaughn is the running back two and Tony Pollard is the running back one. But where we sit is Rico Dowdle comes back into the game. He still has his cemented status as the running back two. And If Tony Pollard misses time, if he gets injured in week 15 or 16, there is a window here for Rico Dowdle to be Damian Williams, the Tim Hightower. And that's basically what this list is. Who can come from unstartable status to highly relevant slash impacting your teams overtly positively in the closing weeks of your season? And Rico Dowdle has been on that list the entire year, but we are still with time in front of us to benefit from a Tony Pollard injury. 
and Rico Dowdle can win your league. So he's the first one on the list here of you've been holding him. Well, guess what? Sometimes it's a tough hold. Sometimes it's multiple years. But when you get that glorious string of starts, one start, or guess what? And what I'm talking about the next three weeks, the one start that matters, that's when the player comes all the way home to provide that roster spot value that you've been allocating towards them for a week, a month, or even a year or longer. Next, we have Dearness Johnson. This is one that I will say, uh, hat tip uh, to uh, the work that I do on uh, running back roundup and the discussions and the analysis every single week where plenty of it is, hey, more bookkeeping and reporting, not much change here. But there's one, two, three, four, five depth charts on a weekly basis where the tide changes. Things are shifting. And Dearness Johnson was one to really, UTH got out ahead of this thing and picked up a lot of shares mid-season when it started to be like oh, a little bit contested between Tank Bigsby and Dearness Johnson for that running back two, running back three rotation. And within a couple of weeks of that time, redrafters were talking about Dearness Johnson. Uh, he was pretty much globally being picked up. Uh, in dynasty leagues because he had overtly passed Tank Bigsby. Still think the Bigsby is, is a good dynasty hold. We'll see uh, going into the offseason how aggressive or lack thereof Jacksonville is at the running back position with Dearness Johnson, a slated free agent. But for the rest of this year, Dearness Johnson, who has flashed big potential when he had those spot starts in Cleveland, is the number two back. And Travis Etienne, he's had two or three minor things pop up over the last month or six weeks of this season to say that, hey, no one's healthy this time of year, especially if, it, if you have any meaningful sample size at running back, one of the most hazardous jobs in America uh, for injuries here, that, uh, again, if Etienne misses time, Dearness Johnson has that league-winning look to him as a clarified starter with big upside. Next one is Antonio Gibson. This is probably the flashiest name on this list because he's been a starter for multiple seasons in the NFL. Uh, he flashed big upside uh, at that at those moments. And it's the easiest and fish in a barrel projection because Brian Robinson, it's out of sight, out of mind because it happened eight days ago. <laughs> but uh, Brian Robinson took a hamstring injury in week 13, week 14, they go on a bye. So it's out of sight, out of mind. And until this Wednesday or Thursday, we're not going to have much news on Brian Robinson at all. But at the time, it looked like it was going to be a multi-week absence. I still think Brian Robinson and the, the medical reports I've seen don't expect him back until, say, week 16, which would be at least one clarified start for Antonio Gibson. Here's the other good news is that with Brian Robinson missing some time and with what we've seen out of Chris Rodriguez, there's not a lot of faith there that Chris Rodriguez is going to have a high route percentage at all. So expect Antonio Gibson, even if it is some sort of 60-40, 50-50 rushing split with Rodriguez and Gibson, expect Antonio Gibson to have a huge advantage in the passing game on an Eric bieniemy led offense. Sam Howell is one of the leaders in pass attempts in the NFL that slings it around. And Gibson's going to have some goal line and he's going to have some some rushing opportunities but the passing game is where he can pay the bills and have a nice floor with a good ceiling and so antonio gibson is the classic like latavius murray we didn't you know as a starter in the nfl eh, yeah things are pretty good but eh, two prices too high and then you can go all the way to the point of i really like him now that he's discounted and an nfl backup and now he's back up to probably getting a running back one role uh here 
this week and possibly for more weeks. So Antonio Gibson is a fish in the barrel uh, running back to include on potential game winners down the stretch here. Next one, and you want to talk about a flashy name coming out of what he did in week 14, Chase Brown. Uh, with his big play potential, the speed potential, and within like two weeks of being healthy, he made a road apple out of Travion Williams, a speed bump, the proverbial obstacle in the road. Basically, you just swerve going 90 miles an hour and you're like, ah, I'm gone. (laughs) See you later. I don't even know what that was. That was Travion Williams back there. Uh, So he still is the number two to Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, but Chase Brown is the clear running back two. He had an edge of eight to one in terms of routes over Travion Williams and eight to zero in uh, rushing attempts. So this is not even a competition. This was a swifter transition than Dearness Johnson over Tank Bigsby in clarity. So again, not not available on your waiver wires outside of the most shallow, maybe FFPC Superflex. I'm trying to think of the most shallow, technically dynasty slash keeper league out there. But uh, he is one that finally healthy, finally flashing. And if Mixon goes out, Jake Browning has this offense humming at a respectable to respectable plus level. And tough to not be excited about Chase Brown potentially winning your league in the next three weeks. Next, oldie but a goodie. Remember Clyde Edwards Alaire? Remember how he was like a first-round startup pick, and he goes out. Uh, well, maybe he's never a first-round startup pick. Remember he was when he was one-on-one over with Jonathan Taylor. Remember when he comes out his first uh, week one rookie season game and goes for a hundred plus yards rushing. Uh, he was anywhere and everywhere, and he was the darling of, of dynasty essentially. Of boy, I got that one right <laughs> for all the the touters out there. Well, Clyde was a lair with Isaiah Pacheco out, and Pacheco. I think he might not play this week either, and he may not play in week 16. We may get a big run here. And let's keep in mind, Jarek McKinnon has missed plenty of time. He's not proven to be a durable player generally in his career to any semblance of a workload. And I was talking last week about Edwards Alaire that, you know, can he get enough of the receiving work? Well, the the route share was 40% McKinnon, 33% Edwards Alaire, and I would have absolutely taken that last week if you had told me as an Edwards Alaire having more shares of him than McKinnon. He also had a 73 to 27% edge in the rushing market share. So Edwards Alaire came out of this looking pretty good. And McKinnon, if he misses time in game, I still think Edwards Alaire is a running back two or a flex start recommendation or possibility with his start rate and with those numbers we got coming out of week 14. So Edwards Alaire is already here, kind of like Antonio Gibson, but there's even upside beyond what we just saw with Edwards Hilaire. So that's one where the Chiefs are not your typical Chiefs. They're trying to grind it out. They're trying to, uh, again, control with the run game a little more than previous years. They don't have Tyreek down there somewhere uh, as one of their plays. So I, again, Pacheco probably going to miss a game or two here in in the in front of us. And Edwards Hilaire, low-hanging fruit here, but one where it could even get better if McKinnon gets dinged up with his elevated usage of late, just coming off an injury himself. Two more. One actually is a question mark, but Jeff Wilson. And I'm highlighting Miami because uh, Devon Achan is a Ferrari that's been in the shop already a lot. No question about his upside when he actually plays. And if you told me he gets 15 touches, what's life like? And it's like, well, he's probably going to be a top 10 fantasy option and maybe top five. <laughs> if you tell me in advance, he's going to get 15 touches in a game. But we don't know that. Raheem Mostert. He's been trustworthy this year, but in general, in his career, tough to trust. He runs hard. He gets banged into people. He's mostly a straight line guy. 
So Will, Jeff Wilson is technically the running back three, but we could see the double doink here. And the double doink, in addition to being a kicker with bad luck with the post, is a uh, running back depth chart where you see two injuries in the same week. And Miami, A, I think is a, a prime candidate for the double doink. And then you also have a situation where it's a strong upside situation. They are number one in Hilo, high leverage opportunity score, at the running back position to say that this is the one where you would want the running back three. Heck, you might even want the running back four on a depth chart because if opportunity finds you, they can just, you know, make make uh, make sausage stew out of sausage. You know, they can make anyone viable. It, you know, Chris Brooks might be a name that we discuss a lot more if he were healthy. Darrington Evans was picked up for a moment in time in Dynasty. So this is one where Salvin Ahmed, you want the running back three here. And especially because it's Ahmed and Raheem Mostert in the running back one and two spots. So Jeff Wilson, you are on the short list of potential league winners. One more I wrote down, and this has a lot of tentacles to it, more so than the ones I just named. Ronnie Rivers. So Ronnie Rivers is coming off of injury. He may be active in week 15, but maybe not. So Ronnie Rivers is one that, let's rewind all the way, pre-Daryl Henderson, pre-Royce Freeman. And we had a world where it was Kieran Williams, clear-cut starter, and then Ronnie Rivers, clear, clarified running back two. That's the world we left. Then Ronnie Rivers got hurt. Kieran Williams gets hurt. And we go into that amalgamation of Henderson and Royce Freeman. Some people thinking Zach, Zach Evans can play. Uh, so they go down all of these iterations. Then Kieran Williams comes back to a workhorse role. Now we are back with Ronnie Rivers. If he returns to the clarified number two, what if that same game Kieran Williams goes out? There's, there's possibilities here. But again, we're dealing with an injured player. I literally am talking about an injured player. None of these other players that I mentioned are currently unsure if they are active and ready to participate. Rivers is the only one. But the upside here is, let's go back to an early week of the season. And if Kieran Williams goes out, Ronnie Rivers might have been a 80% rushing share, 75% route share player. We just never had that data point because he was hurt at the same time that Kieran Williams was out. So would Royce Freeman, is Royce Freeman going to be the running back two over Rivers? Is Royce Freeman going to go back to being an absolute relic if Rivers is healthy? These are these are big question marks, but the Rams are playing well, and this is a high workhorse type environment that we that we've seen with different running backs this year. So Ronnie Rivers is the biggest question mark, and you're probably going to have to take a leap of faith on him because at some point on a Friday or a Saturday in Week 15 or 16, you're going to see Rivers activated, and at that point, you're going to have an IR violation. So uh, he's one that leap of faith, try to hold Ronnie Rivers because, again, if you dump him to the waiver wire just because like, ah, eh, there's no time. Well, unless you're sitting and it's week 17 and Kieran Williams is healthy, you still have time. You have a window. And Ronnie Rivers winning that number two job, holding that number two job this year is a credit to Ronnie Rivers and one that, frankly, you want to have that player in your roster for the offseason if you're out of it or lose this week anyway. So Ronnie Rivers is one as a wild card right now because he needs to get healthy himself to hold out hope for down the stretch here as potential or underrated league winning players. 
Also this week, I wanted to give a preview of some UTH deep dive uh, profiling on Roshi Rice, uh, some information that I dug up uh, as we get through week 14 here. And for Rashi Rice, for as disappointing as the wide receiver core or passing game in general in Kansas City has been this year, Rashi Rice has been one of the positive storylines um, that he is averaging now 2.35 yards per route run on the season. His targets per route run are up in recent weeks. He's up to 26% as a, as a day two rookie. So I filtered in my most recent uh, updated database here for 40 plus targets. Uh, it actually ends up being like 60 plus targets based on the filter of other things, but uh, a good amount of targets in a given year uh, and not elite routes per game. So under 30 routes per game, uh, this subset and similar uh, points per game on a fantasy perspective, similar routes per game, uh, excuse me, similar yards per route run, targets per route run, basically peers, 24 and under as well since Rasheed Rice is a 22-year-old rookie. Um, so here are here's the peer set. And tell me if you think Rasheed Rice is undervalued or overvalued for Dynasty. So we have Kenny Britt, uh, a magical uh, a year back in 2010 with Tennessee. We've got Percy Harvin on this list, not once, not twice, but three years in a row, 2010, 2011, 2012, at 22 through 24 years old. We have Antonio Brown, young uh, whippersnapper there in Pittsburgh. We have A.J. Brown, Tennessee version. We have Chris Olave last year. And we have Jalen Waddell and Nico Collins from this year on the list as peers. And another thing in here is I have actually yards per route run uh, and points per game in Y plus one. So this peer set, uh, for those that have data for the following season, how does this strike you? We have we have five uh, Y plus one outcomes in the database. Three of them were 16 plus points per game in the following season. All of them were at least 13 points per game. So basically, the 12.4 points per game that Rasheed Rice currently sits on, five of five are ahead of that number for the next year, and half of them are 16 plus points per game. And I would charge you with this, which is if Rasheed Rice in 2024, averages 16 plus points. Where do you think he will be dynasty-wise as that is occurring? Because he is an onslaught. Basically, what you thought of Chris Olave last year, 2.42 yards per route run, 26 uh, targets, 26% targets per route run, 28 routes per game, 14 points per game. Rasheed Rice is basically... Uh, basically right there, 13 points per game, excuse me. Rasheed Rice is right there, 2.35, 26. Those are the key numbers. So this is, I mean, the only real miss of that list is Kenny Britt. And I would argue that it is, and and missing is still, I mean, he was, that, that year was followed by the one where he played three, four games and he averaged 21 points per game, three yards per route run during that span. Then he got hurt and he was never the same. He ended up popping back up, I think, a couple years later with the Rams. Uh, but really, that was the end of his career, end of his viable career the following year when he played basically a month or something. That's the miss on this list. Percy Harvin was one of the electric playmakers in the NFL. And again, he was on this list of high yards per route run, elite yards per route run, and elite targets per route run for three years running in Minnesota. Then it was concussions. He moved over, I believe, to Seattle. But he was another one where it's a what-if scenario. You take out the what-ifs, and you have Antonio Brown, A.J. Brown, 
And then you have Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, and then Nico Collins this year. We'll see where he where his pathway leads. But Rasheed Rice, people are sleeping on Rasheed Rice in general. Uh, as a secondary point, he drops too many passes for my taste. That was something known coming into the NFL. His drop rate was going to be a concern. But uh, he is one that they get on the ball short, and he is yards after the catch. High-level stuff. He's at 7.9 yards after catch per reception, which is higher than everybody on this list, except for Percy Harvin in 2012 at 8.7. Higher than everybody. So we're talking about someone that after the catch is absolutely making it happen. And he is one that his A dot is low. Frankly, in this, if you didn't know about the players in any other capacity, you would say he basically is Percy Harvin in a lot of aspects here. He's playing a good amount, 50% of the time in the slot, easier coverages, better chances to exploit openings, vacancies, space. So Rasheed Rice, uh, this is not my first time mentioning him, probably not my last time mentioning him, but in a season where it's been Travis Kelsey and a lot of people have been globally disappointed in what's going on with Kansas City, Rasheed Rice, what he's doing in year one, where, um, I mean, let's rewind to last January and all the hype about Sky Moore. Sky Moore scored on a wide open touchdown in the postseason. Everyone's super excited. Rasheed Rice is actually doing it to a much higher level in a large, a much larger sample size of games in, in his rookie season. And he is so far superior to Sky Moore from 12 months ago or eight months ago, or especially Sky Moore today, that it's a non-comparable uh, and non-argumentative discussion for Rasheed Rice as the lone thing of youth and upside and optimism on this Kansas City offense. Finally, congratulations and an update weekly on the UTH Best Ball Contest over there at My Fantasy League. We build it by a salary cap in late August, early September. We set it and forget it, and we see where the chips fall. And uh, it's coming down to two names for this week. We have Dave R. Uh, I believe he's won at least one week this season. We all have, also have Alex K. Now, going into Monday Night Football, not a whole lot of action for players remaining. Alex K currently has a very, very tight lead. However, Dave has A.J. Dillon going. And basically, if he scores 10 points or more in this uh, point per carry format, um, as well as some other twists, that he will overtake and be the winner of the week. So I'm going to declare Dave R. the He's not the leader in the clubhouse, but he's the leader in probabilities here. Uh, didn't even get a big game out of Jalen Hurts this week and didn't even start two quarterbacks. But he got huge performances out of Evan Ingram, David Njoku, about 75 points total at the tight end position. Debo Samuel's healthy, which means Debo Samuel is dynamic and impactful. Got Zay Flowers finding the end zone in a two-point conversion, plus uh, some good volume there out of Alvin Kamara. Uh, so congratulations there to Dave R. You're probably going to win. Alex K., you're probably going to finish in second. But stranger things, we'll see what happens with A.J. Dillon there. Or if someone gets a massive, massive, you know, 30-plus point performance out of someone like like say DeAndre Hopkins or Tyree Kill was not a major factor. He was priced super high in the contest. Uh, so not many people have him at all, uh, but it would take a real outlier scenario uh, to overtake Alex 
or uh, Dave in terms of the number one team on the week. So a lot of fun. We're coming down to the home stretch. And uh, as we get closer to the end of the season, I will have a special uh, solo show talking about the best ball contest, maybe even get the winner uh, here on the show for a short uh, um, interview and just talking about fantasy dynasty life, um, all those good things, as well as declaring him the ultimate uh, champion there of the 2023 UTH best ball contest. That's going to do it for me this week. Reminder, if you have not signed up for UTH premium shows, not sure what you're waiting for. Uh, you can still get all the goodness, get your, your, the back end of your roster all set up for the off season. Uh, if you liked what you heard on the running back front earlier in the show, I do, I go through that for all 32 NFL depth charts every single weekend season. And periodically in the off season, when we get free agency going we get the draft going, uh, we get, start going uh, near weekly in the preseason. So all those data points to make sure that you are optimized in every capacity at the most fungible position in fantasy and dynasty, which is the running back position. So you get running back roundup, all those shows throughout the year, uh, you also get the updated running back and quarterback injury away matrices on the site, updated dynasty rankings, UTH trade calculator preview, um, all of those types of things that you can try out on the site. It's almost draft season, meaning startup draft, NFL draft, um, all of those drafts in the offseason to have your best season yet in 2024. So sign up, money back guarantee. And frankly, if you enjoy dynasty audio content and specific to what you're going through as a dynasty GM with your portfolio. And again, I'm out there, I'm in dozens and dozens of leagues, a variety of different formats, and I feel it is my responsibility, duty, and job to be uh, down there in the trenches like you are uh, navigating leagues so that I can relay that story and actually have some in-game uh, experience there of, of strategy and navigating the dynasty trade market and startup drafts, all of that on an annual basis. So you get transparency. Um, I go through my successes and failures. I go through also the uh, dynasty trades. I call it transparency report. Uh, as we go through the off season, uh, what kind of trades am I making going through dynasty trading and evaluating trades, getting ideas out there on a regular basis. So you're going to get all of those things by just signing up there on an annual rotational basis. So you're going to be good until the playoffs next year with your one year membership over at utshdynasty.com. And again, if you just want bonus shows, you want a different experience, you want to hear the behind the story stuff, as well as getting into the VIP chat room. Dozens of the best dynasty owners on the planet, and we talk dynasty every single day of the year. That is over at patreon.com slash U-T-H. So thank you so much. Uh, again, we're getting close to the holiday season, uh, giving thanks at Thanksgiving, but also now it's money season. So again, I love hearing success stories. So whether you're a subscriber or whether you just listen to this weekly show, uh, I would love to hear your success stories this time of year. And if I was in, in any way a small uh, help to you as we went through this season or building your dynasty in general, you can share those success stories at admin at uthdynasty.com. I love to hear them and I love to build dynasty winners through the listenership and through the readership and through the subscribership at UTH Dynasty. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse the average, and keep building those dynasties.